Um, I need to take a quick break. You got it. Blow my nose. <laughs> you got it. Y'all can't bring any Kleenex up in here. You got to have toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really don't know why we don't have tissues instead of toilet That's kind of, it's kind of a bad no. look, y'all. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> it is. <laughs> You're not wrong. Take the I, roll of toilet paper. She's like, don't mind me, y'all. Don't mind me. Just roll a few squares out. The problem with this, Ambassador Rice, is that I'm just, <laughs> I'm just too real. You know, I don't know That's, how to. This is know, the problem like, here. I'm just, yeah. I just want, because we're on the radio, I want to make sure people understand what's just Oh, no, I, everybody. Here. First of all, this isn't even my roll of toilet paper. I took <laughs> this from another office. <laughs> That we're not even in right you now. You know, I think you think that's like an argument for you, but. <laughs> Ouch. Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. And I have a wad of toilet paper stuck up my right nostril. Hi, wad of toilet paper. Hey, this is another round with Heaven and wad of toilet paper stuck up my right nostril. <laughs> you sound amazing, Tracy. I don't know what Do you're I? talking about. Listen. You don't look like you have a tampon coming out of your nose. <laughs> You definitely don't look like that. Um, for our confused listeners, I almost died about five minutes ago. I almost just floated She straight away. up had a fainting spell. It was not that dramatic. I didn't um, actually Did faint. you see your arm? Uh, <laughs> and no. the way it lay <laughs> against your forehead. <laughs> like you were fainting in a Victorian novel. I thought I was dying. Excuse me. Honestly, it was an emotional whirlwind. <laughs> it was. I'm fine now, though. Even I'm just as a spectator. Now. So I'm glad. I'm glad we made it through. Thank you for your support in this very difficult time. So where are we, Heaven? We are in DC, the BuzzFeed DC office to be exact. Hi, BuzzFeed DC. What are we doing on the show today? Yo, it's jam-packed. We got Ambassador Susan Rice. We're in DC. What? We out here. In DC again? Yes. Tag team back again. Hey! Get, let's begin. All right. <laughs> Little throwback for you. <laughs> and before we get into all that, though. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get into all that, though. Wait, wait, wait. We got to talk about Twitter. Twitter! What did it do now? Twitter. It was the white supremacist. White supremacist. Back at it again with the white supremacy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making the disappointed dad face. Yes. Tracy, have you been on the internet lately? <laughs> um, I've been on the internet about twice in the last month. Okay. That is a lie. Why? I'm on the internet right now. I, I know you on the are. Internet. I know you're tweeting right now somehow. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen the internet before. Okay. <laughs> okay. Lately, I've been noticing a lot more, uh, if you just mention the word Trump or just like anything political, a white supremacist bot will be all up in your mentions. Your mentions. Yes. And it's definitely gotten worse since Trump has been elected. Absolutely. For sure. So I was a little bit tickled when I saw this. Tickled. Tickled and also terrified. <laughs> Tickle-fied. Um, <No>. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, it took me a second to take that one in. Tickle-fied. Yeah. So yo, I, I, I'm dying because now the alt-right. Or as we like to call them, motherfucking racist. Yeah, white supremacists as they <laughs> were known five seconds ago. Right. <laughs> but they got a little rebranding. So They're out they here. They got a marketing department now. What the fuck? One of their favorite white supremacist websites is dailystormer.com. It's my favorite, personally. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> my personal fave. <laughs> so they are feeling away because... Twitter has been censoring more people who have been spreading all those crazy conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. One of them being Pizzagate. Right. It's not even worth repeating, to be honest. I love how Twitter is like, Pizzagate, that's an outrage. Let's do something about it. But yeah. when black women are like, hey, people are sending me death threats and rape threats at all hours of the day, they're like, mm, can't police the internet. Anyways, so they're salty because one of their people's, his account was blocked. Mm-hmm. So to fuck with Twitter, they're like... We have to infiltrate black Twitter because we know mm-hmm. black people disproportionately make Twitter pop. We run Twitter. They know. They have know. you looked at you today? <laughs> Yo, Twitter popping. Poppin'. So they're like, we got to infiltrate them. And of course, they like wrote this down and we can clearly read it. <laughs> so they they wrote like a, a how to guide. <laughs> and how to get it to all us. up in black Twitter, basically. How to be a nigger on Twitter guide. And that's nigger with the hard ER. With a hard ER. So, so their primary goal they say, Mm -hmm. we choose to create a state of chaos on Twitter among the black Twitter population (laughs) by sowing distrust and suspicion, causing blacks to panic. Okay, here's where you (laughs) fucked up. Black people are bored and mistrustful. (laughs) Right? That's called living. Right. (laughs) Okay. So we did that for you. Congratulations. (laughs) Next. (laughs) 
this will create a serious problem for Twitter as blacks make up a large percentage of their user base. True. And the way they handle it, and they will handle it poorly. <laughs> also true. Will cause a media spectacle. So they have a real game plan. You start with, decide whether you want to be male or female. Female is easier in terms of trolling, though it might be a hard character to play. <laughs> they cannot imagine a human woman. No, 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 no. They probably don't know any, so. so that's or what black we're people, with. which we'll find out later. <laughs> If you're not feeling creative, which thank you for It sounds like a really bad infomercial. Are you tired? Are you a white supremacist who's a little bit lazy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're not feeling creative, you can just use a standard name like Shay, Malita. Malita? Jay. Or Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You can also just make up random stuff like Jinky Slip. I'm sorry. Flex fist Wet. or Goldie T. Excuse me? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, are they related to Shifty D Money and uh, what was it? Iceberg? Smoothie. smoothie. Okay, get it straight. Iceberg. Excuse me. <laughs> Young I'm iceberg to lettuce. Smoothie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the best the best line is you can you can also use a funny black name like Darnell or Shanika. Because like four words ago, we didn't just say jinky slip. Those aren't funny though. <laughs> Okay, so they have these very specific methods to infiltrate. Right. So here's a tactic. Always claim that you know people in real life. Blacks are not really capable of grasping the concept of the internet as a worldwide platform. As they cannot Which grasp- Which you said right after saying we basically run Twitter. So right, right. Get it together. You salty or not. <laughs> okay, here's an example of how you too can act like you know someone in case you need a sentence. <laughs> written for you (laughs) you're that lazy of a white supremacist okay here are some examples they give you okay bitch i seen you out there every day (laughs) oh shit somebody must have seen me because (laughs) you think i know who the fuck you is you got me fucked up oh my gosh that is how you convey to another black person you know (laughs) that they have seen you out in the world this is laughable Next one. Uh-huh. I seen you, nigga, and I be seeing you again soon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. See, have I ever ranted about the use of the impersonal B and how white people fuck it up all the time? I actually think we did on this very show. Great example. Great example. Great example. Other tactics they suggest. Mm-hmm. Start sex-related drama. Oh, yeah. Let's uh, dim the lights. To be honest with you, I was very intrigued when I read this. <laughs> like, ooh, what they got cooking? Okay, like, go on. <laughs> it's like if white supremacists wrote erotica. That's what I was imagining. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The saddest erotica. Put the hood where? <laughs> no, no. Leave it on. Leave it on just, tonight. Just the robe. <laughs> oh, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if clan robes have like little dick holes in them. Oh my God, if you're feeling kinky. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. All right, so this is their idea of sex-related drama. Nothing like what I envisioned. All sex-related drama works. A good one is to accuse black men of being secretly gay. Mm, They hate that. You can also accuse a black man of having sex with white women in front of a black woman. I hate when that happens to me. They are very sensitive about this. It feels like they watch like a Bravo show. I've seen this on Real Housewives of Atlanta. They're going to get real bad. So some sample sentences if you're feeling lazy. Bitch, you best come get your man. (laughs) (laughs) He be at my house every damn day trying to get up in this pussy. (laughs) Okay, first of all, call the police. If he's on your property every single day, that's stalking. is it Donald Trump? Oop. Oop. Might be. Oop. Bloop, 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 bloop. I just love that you think, like, someone's going to read that and they'll be like, they're talking about right. <laughs> a person that I know. Oh, let me call. <laughs> let me call my man right now. Excuse me. <laughs> Whose house you been over every night? Whose pussy have you been up in? <laughs> just that sentence construction. Yo, I wonder if we copy and paste these exactly and put them in quotation marks and do a Twitter search, we'd see people who, like, Ooh, literally just... We're too lazy it. to literally yeah. change anything. So, okay, <laughs> their next strategy is... Make them believe you have information about their drug deals and drug stashes. Oh, snap. Stereotypes are all generally true. <laughs> and the stereotype of blacks doing and selling drugs is one of them. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. You solid, you solid, yeah, can't yeah. go wrong. Yo, you're right, they do be selling drugs. <laughs> so again, this is what you would say to a fellow black that you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bitch, you think you be mo- <laughs> Retake, retake. <laughs> Bitch, you think you be moving large. 
but you got no fucking clue how we do in insert name of city. <laughs> okay, first, I just want to point out that I love how they make it easily customizable. Yes, they're thinking of you. White Power Man Libs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite one is next. <laughs> Claim that you heard their mixtape and it sucks. <laughs> Yo, but of all of the ones that will work, though, that's it. <laughs> all right. Here's their explanation. <laughs> Wait, they really think I'm black? Another true stereotype is that black males are all quote unquote aspiring rappers. That's true. (laughs) They got one thing right. The read of a century. Oh my God. (laughs) You can bring up their mixtape and they will think of you. And they will think you know them. (laughs) Even if they don't have a mixtape, they will still. (laughs) Wait, what? Even if they don't have a mixtape. They will still become angry because you said something that they did sucked. Oh, my God. Like, that is their idea of... uh, This is their idea of what blackness and black people really are. And that's because they don't know any in real life. All the people on BET, yes, they all have mixtapes. That's why they think that. Yeah, that's accurate only on BET. Right. You know? (laughs) Only on BET and only among all of my ex-boyfriends. Otherwise, (laughs) not a reliable stereotype. (laughs) All right, here's here's their example (laughs) sentences, though, Mm -hmm. of how you would... (laughs) Talk to your fellow black about their mixtape. Sure. Hey, nigga. I heard your tape. That shit was whack AF. (laughs) Here's some other ideas they have for you. Uh Bitch, who produced your shit? This shit sucks. I finna lay it down. (laughs) You want to go to... (laughs) I'm imagining like a beatbox off. (laughs) We're just chilling on a stoop. About to have a beatboxing fight. I'm finna lay it down. (laughs) Oh, my God. Nigga, your track is whack. You ain't even know how we do out here in insert name of city. <laughs> oh, yay, wait, Power Man Lives is back. <laughs> I missed it. It's funny because it's growing around the nation. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you best give up that rap game, start slanging crack again. <laughs> that was a sharp pivot. A sharp pivot. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yo, bruh, I rhyme better than you must sleep. <laughs> Okay, that's, that's kind of a nice burn, though. Is it? Nope. Is it? Nope. It's funny because they really think that we are that dumb and that they are that smart. Like, we're going to bring down this whole shit by ourselves. <laughs> For real? They won't suspect a thing. Right. Also, do you know how people be like, uh, all these Black Lives Matter protesters, why aren't they at work? Why don't they have jobs? Why don't y'all asses have jobs? Right, you this were is on like, Twitter. This is deep. This is involved. Right. There are many levels. You got to get like y'all a proper plan photo. This out, like, like that's a lot of time. It is. Who has the time? Get you some jobs. Get you some business. My favorite was that Black Twitter came up with this hashtag Black Twitter verification questions that are like basically <laughs> a way to tell if uh, it's a real Black person it's or a fake like, account. When I was in school, the way that we learned about stranger danger. Oh gosh, it's Where's like. This going? <laughs> were like if a grown-up comes to school and tries to pick you up and they're like hey i know your dad you're supposed to like have like a secret question between you and your parents like oh shit that's what this is okay this is the secret question this is a secret black question you come up real close to them and then you say (laughs) oh yeah we a nucking Mm. be bucking Mm. C, ready to fight. Oh, all of the above. Or D, all of the above. Damn, I'm in there. Tracy, D, all of the above. Verified. Please play the classic track. (laughs) Nuck, if you are buck. This is what we like to to refer to as our black national anthem. Mm -hmm. Put that on in a club, in a room, in a party, in an office. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. And Great then time. And the table's being thrown. Very, Excellent time. Very soon after. Can I ask you some more questions? Please. <laughs> Complete the phrase. Beans, blank, potatoes, tomatoes. Ah. Oh, beans, kale. No. Beans, greens. Maybe. Beans, eggplant. What? Beans, eggplant, potatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> beans, spinach. I'm going to go with, um, what was the letter? B? Greens. Greens. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yes. Black AF. That's what I am. Play the classic track. <laughs> I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, the beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, This is a real, uh, it might be a deep cut to some. I'm curious if it's a deep cut to you. Oh, man, the pressure. No pressure. 
Which American rapper was able to rhyme the word mansion with Wisconsin? <laughs> oh my God, I don't know this. So when what you hear the song, there are no options. This one is oh, a, just, a freehand. Oh, <laughs> That's where they fuck your shit up. Oh, <laughs> no more multiple no. choice. <laughs> I don't know this one. I'm too, I'm too old. So Can when I you hear it, no, no, no. When you hear it, you're gonna be like, you know, uh, it is a one T pain in better believe it. You know, honestly, at first I was like, how are we going to find humor in Trump's America? <laughs> when you have absolutely nothing left, you at least have humor. Oh, my God. And this is a good day for humor. Look at black people prospering despite the trash. Despite people being like black people don't know how the internet works. <laughs> While yeah, saying they run that shit. Right. Which is it. I know. This has been our probably going to be weekly white supremacist segment. <laughs> this week in white supremacy. <laughs> Yo, I need a skinny mic. Even Ooh, though like people a Bob can't Barker see mic? it, yeah. I need the mic okay. to get into character. <laughs> I still have to buy you a Christmas present, so bam. Oh my God, yes. Can we expense it? <gasps> yeah. Don't tell Illinois. It's really, really interesting that Twitter, which is something that a lot of us got into for fun, is now a matter of like official national security. It's also kind of scary uh. because when you think about who uses Twitter, mm. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to be talking with National Security Advisor Susan Rice about Trump, Russia, fake news, and all of that crazy shit. Yes, shall we cheers? Cheers. Cheers to 2017, y'all. Mm. Oh, Lord. Let's you know knock what? on this some wood. Tasty. <laughs> I like it. What is this? A Pinot Noir. Thank you for drinking with us. That's hey, real. That's it's real. after hours, so it's yes. good. And yes. thank you for forgiving someone for getting the wrong kind of That's wine. That's okay. okay. You are <laughs> close. benevolent and As I said, it's high quality. It's just not exactly the right We got thing. the high quality part. That's, That's all good. We out here. We out here. We are. Um, okay. I feel like we're all pretty close and like family by now, right? <laughs> I feel like we've, we've had in. a journey. Um, so I'm going to start with drink. this question. Um, safe space. You can be honest. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> has anyone ever tried to touch your hair without permission in the White House? Let's just jump No, right definitely it. not in the White House. Mm, but elsewhere? Well, growing up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But like since you became Ambassador Rice, like nobody. nobody in, nobody's tried to touch nobody my hair would do that. In, in like a <laughs> In decades. You are blessed. <laughs> That's beautiful. Blessed. When was the last time you were mistaken for Condoleezza Rice? Ooh. Ooh, that happens. Ooh. Really? Man, happens. I was just, I was joking. That, that was no, it. That, that <laughs> I think the last, <laughs> the last time was my first trip to China. Really? <laughs> wow. Security oh my and God. the Chi this was hilarious, actually. The Chinese uh, National oh Network God. was reporting on my visit to China, the National Security Advisor. Susan Rice meets with you know President Xi Jinping and they put up Condi's picture. No, right? Yo, it was like, oh my god! Like, got I don't know right which is which. They've got it right since, but it was that was almost funny. It was almost funny. Close, close. I love that. Wow. Okay. But it does happen, really? and then my mom wow. gets upset because sometimes. Uh, people will say, "Oh, you're Mrs. Rice. Are you Condoleezza Rice's mother?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> I'm scared. Another question. No. Oh my gosh. But in all honesty, I've known Condi for many years, and we, uh, she's been very kind and generous to me. So Aww. there's no no dissing of her. I'm just saying that. <laughs> yes, course. sometimes people get confused. Mm -hmm. Which yes. you know <laughs> gets tired. That's not I'm sorry. In China, you know, what do you expect? <laughs> um, so we're one month away from inauguration. My goodness. Yes. Exactly one oh month, right? As of this taping, exactly one month. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whew. Okay, yes. everyone, deep breaths. Yeah. <laughs> deep breaths. Deep Are breaths. you worried? <laughs> what a loaded <laughs> laugh. I'm listening. Um, worried about what? The coming administration, I would say. I'm terrified. Uh, I have to be a little bit careful because we're doing this in my current role. But yeah. I, as a as a mom, as a citizen, as a voter, this is not what I voted for. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, 
I think there are a lot of reasons to be questioning what's coming next. And many of the things that were said during the campaign, I think, left a lot of people questioning where they'd fit in an America under Donald Trump, particularly people of color, mm-hmm. particularly women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that doesn't go away just because I'm National Security Advisor. Mm. Um, having said that, you know, my job is to work as best as I can with the people who the Trump administration has designated will come and fill behind me. And I've had um, constructive meetings with my designated successor, and I'm going to do my best at President Obama's direction mm. uh, to provide them with all the information and all the preparation that we possibly can, because our job is to make as responsible a handoff as we possibly can for the sake of the country and the American people. And I take that very, very seriously. So I have to separate my personal concerns from my professional um, responsibilities. And I'm hopeful that uh, the things that we are concerned about prove to be concerns that we don't need to be worried about. And that, indeed, that uh, where we're headed is a a place that is... uh, able to sustain, I think, the very important progress we've made under President Obama, and that uh, there's a clear-eyed recognition that governing is different different than campaigning, and that um, it comes with a whole different level of responsibility, and that we'll see uh, the kind of decision-making that we think this country needs and deserves. How, what kind of conversations have you had or are you having with your kids about the election? Well, I have one kid uh, who's a freshman in college mm-hmm. uh, oh, on the other side of the country. Told you I was old. <laughs> Y'all are babies. That is not what I was saying. Y'all are babies. Thank you uh, for calling me a baby. I never <laughs> <had>. <laughs> And so he is, you know, off in his own little universe. New bubble. And I've got a uh, 14-year-old daughter who's an eighth grader. Mm. who is home and, you know, whom we get to interact with on a daily basis. And she's the one that I hear more stress out of. And, uh, you know, we just try to be as honest as possible. We are patriots in my family. We are uh, believers in this country. We're believers in democracy. And we're trying to explain to her that, you know, this is the outcome of the election. It's it's what the American people decided. It may not be what you would have chosen. Um, but we all have a responsibility to be active citizens and shape uh, our system and our future. And I think if there's any message, whether it's for my kid who's, or this one who's too young to vote, or those that are able to vote, you got to be part of this. You can't sit on the sidelines and read your iPhone and be on social media and expect everything to be cool. You have to be part of this. You have to make change. Change doesn't happen, you know, with people sitting on the behinds uh, getting lazy. And I think I think that's a very important lesson to come out of this election. So your eighth grader is expressing stress and concerns over. Well, she's she's a very thoughtful kid. She's very progressive. Uh, she she she's probably to the left of me actually. Hmm. Uh, but. I wouldn't say she's stressing, but I think she's very, um, she woke up the day after the election, I think, quite stressed and mm. traumatized. I think she's mm, sort of now girl. taking Ooh. it in stride. <laughs> and she's more in the spirit of what are we going to do about it? So she's going to be uh, in that Million Woman March Aww. on the 21st. I, I would dare say might have gotten that trait from you. Maybe. Maybe. Hot take, hot take. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting ways that people have described you and the way you work. Let me give you a little sample. Oh, wait, you just made a, you just took a breath and closed your eyes for longer than a blink. What is, where did that come from? What was that for? Got my head. I know. (laughs) Ready. What what you got? What you got? Sharp elbowed, which I still, I'm not even sure I know what that means. Brusque, blunt to a fault. Do you think you're blunt to a fault? Do you have sharp elbows? What are sharp well, so, elbows? So sharp what elbows that means that you, you um, oh, you're fighting. You can throw an you're elbow. Like, like bows think on about. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We're citing ludicrous yeah, like, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> think about on the basketball court if you have to throw an elbow. Okay, that's right, what right, the gotcha. sharp elbows means. Do so I think that's a fair? Do I think that's <laughs> no? It's different. Boxing out is using your booty. 
Oh, excuse me. I'm boxing out wrong. I don't know sports. <laughs> I'll be very quiet. <laughs> Let's move on. No, no, no. I want to, I want to, give me a minute here. I think that those descriptions of me uh, are predominantly from those who um, have felt that I've been part of decisions or policies that they object to and that I've frankly been pretty effective in getting to where I'm trying to go on behalf of the president or whatever the, uh, the circumstance is. Can I be blunt? Yes. Can I be diplomatic? Yes. Can I concoct a mixture of vinegar and honey when the circumstances weren't? Yes. Ooh, concoct. So I love that verb. I, uh, <laughs> I actually I have a range, and I much rather do things the nice way than uh, the hard way, but sometimes you have to use all the tools at your disposal. Mm -hmm. We have heard a lot of stories that I think are wonderful about you letting people know how you feel at any given time. Uh -oh. Kevin's got a favorite story, anecdote. <laughs> no, I just love the the bird flipped around the world. Yes. <laughs> There's only one. There's only one. <laughs> only one. Only one, only once. There was this joke on the show Bob's Burgers once about how good it feels to give someone the middle finger sometimes. Mm. Sometimes there's no other way you could express yourself but sometimes that have swift words. action. I've only done that once. It was 20 years ago, and it was well-deserved. <laughs> would, you, would you like to share this story? No, you all done your research. You tell the story. It was glorious, and it happened. Right. Would you like to enlighten our listener? There was a um, rather arrogant, rather would be an understatement, senior official more senior to me than I was at the time, who was very demeaning and insulting to me in front of the people who worked for me. Mm. Uh, and I didn't appreciate it. And so I, as a uh, young 30-something, expressed that with a nonverbal uh, <laughs> gesture. By the way, to which he did not respond. It was as if it didn't happen. Everybody else in the room was like, mm -hmm. well, uh, I've never denied it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> not apologizing not for it. Your mouth. I I <laughs> not apologizing. Yes, and as soon as this happened, I, and the meeting ended, I called my boss, who was then the Secretary of State, and my colleague, uh, the National Security Advisor at the time, and I said, I... Um, I just uh, flipped the bird to a member of your cabinet. <laughs> like before you hear it from anybody else. Yeah. Here's what happened. What's the problem? And here's why I did it. <laughs> and you know what they both said? What? Good for you. Yes. Oh, see, listen. That's the truth. Now I'm busting them, but it's true. <laughs> this makes my heart so happy because I feel like for women of color, especially black women, when you are someone who is known as being sharp elbowed and brusque and whatever. As they say. Fault, right, as they say. <laughs> Whenever we are firm and whenever we stand up to somebody else who's speaking to us the wrong way or is just out of line, that usually gets read as anger. And mm. nobody wants to be the angry black woman. Well, let me just say a couple of things. First of all, I was 32 at the time, 33 maybe. Uh, I'm 52 now. I would not do that now. I would, mm. But again, I'm not apologetic for what I did then in yeah. the circumstance. And fortunately, I don't have to deal with this person anymore. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I think there are ways to express one's uh, discontent that are a little more subtle than that. Mm -hmm. And I've <laughs> sure. learned. Sure. <laughs> sure. I've maybe learned a few things in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not recommending that method to mm -hmm. my young sisters. Right. And you're, you're not apologetic about it now, which I think is amazing. How did you learn to not be apologetic for things like that? I mean, I'm apologetic when I feel like I've made a mistake. Uh huh. And when I have uh, done a disservice to myself or someone else. But I don't feel a need to apologize for doing or saying something that I think needs to be said just because it may not sit comfortably with somebody else. Is that just like a personality trait that you came into the that's world a, with? That's a good question. I think to a large extent, yes. <laughs> um, but it's also... I think a function of being raised in a family where people are open and not afraid to express emotion, not afraid to disagree, have an argument, but all in 
the safety and the and the support of family. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a decent amount of self confidence from the time I can remember, and I think okay. my parents helped instill that in me mm-hmm. from a very early age, and my brother too, for that matter. And I've been very lucky to have had a supportive family, a great education enormous opportunity and and challenge and I've taken my knocks here and there but uh, I believe my intentions are good doesn't mean I'm everything I do is uh, perfectly executed or I don't make mistakes of course I do I like to think that with me what you see is what you get and uh, you can like or dislike it that's Mm -hmm. up to you but it's straight and um, that's something that I've, I've pride myself on. Can we talk a little bit about the person who is replacing you? Dun, 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 transition yeah. not, not time. Not much. Okay, Truth okay. Be told. Okay. We'll, we'll see what we can get out of you. <laughs> <laughs> so your successor is retired Army Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Um, have, have y'all done like the toss off the baton thing? Like uh, here we've are the had, office snacks. We've <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fridge. No. <laughs> we've met. Okay. A couple of times we've spoken on the phone and we're in the process of doing a what I hope will be a series of meetings where you know they ask the questions they have, we share the information we think they need to have and it's, you know, <clears throat> it's a pretty intense process. We've also prepared an extraordinary amount of written material hmm. uh, for the new team to digest and like a style we've guide? really hmm? Like a style guide? What kind of no, style guide? I, I, I feel like best practices. Here's how no, we do things. Like, you should right. try we, we, it. We're like in charge manual. of national security. There are a few issues out there in the world that they need to be up on that may not be uh, sure, sure. issues you can sense. necessarily um, <laughs> derive from reading the press. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so like a manual. Here's how you. <laughs> it's not, not a manual. It's like <laughs> issue A through Z. Here is what you need to know. Here's mm-hmm. what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Uh, yada yada. Do you do you worry at all that Trump hasn't been that interested in doing his security briefings as the national security? Let ambassador? me uh, <laughs> let me stop y'all right here. Okay. <laughs> and say I'm. The sitting national security advisor. Have I'm not going to. Have to ask. Uh, mm-hmm. This was a good try. I'll give you credit. <laughs> Respect. It's good. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. We got Moxie, you know. We got but I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not going to discuss the president-elect. I'm not going to discuss my successor in any depth. I, I will say what I said before. We, we, we are, my job, our job is to be as responsible as we can, making sure they have what they need, they know what they need, and that they have the wherewithal to succeed on day one. What they do on their side is up to them, and uh, I'll come back in six months. How about that? All right. Okay. Um, we I have will. you on tape saying this. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't it's actually come recorded. back in six months, <laughs> we don't manage you. We have receipts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. While we have you, we definitely want to talk to you about Russia, fake news, whatever. What's happening? <laughs> do you feel like the U.S. has been prepared for what happened with Russia, with them interfering in our elections through just, like, fake news on the internet and just like the internet in general just through the internet in our casual lives yes to a great i mean first of all we are well aware and we have been for a long time that there is a real threat from adversaries state actors non-state actors to hack us influence us destroy stuff through cyber means so the cyber threat has been understood for a while it's long-standing do you feel like the press didn't cover that enough well, there's just two different things. One, do we know that we face a cyber threat from adversaries, whether state actors, you know, terrorist groups, uh, you know, folks trying to hack for, you know, economic gain? Yes. And we have put in place a large number of um, tools to try to prevent that and to respond to it. But what you just asked about whether the press reacted to it enough is a different question. On October 7th, the director of national intelligence, the secretary for homeland security, put out an unprecedented statement uh, outlining the fact that the intelligence community, that 17 intelligence agencies, had come to the high confidence conclusion that the Russian government was um, involved in hacking to influence our 
electoral process and uh, hacking and disseminating information. That was an unprecedented determination. They also said that it's our judgment that that couldn't happen without uh, approval at the highest levels of government. And I do think that the fact that the press found it more interesting at the time uh, to report on Secretary Clinton's emails or um, President-elect Trump's, you know, videotaped comments about women or a, a large number of other issues um, is, in retrospect, probably a missed opportunity and the fact that they did not focus on this issue to the extent that we thought they would and they should um, is something they, that I think the press needs to, to do some introspection about. And you know, I'm not suggesting that there weren't other things going on that were interesting and attractive to the news media, but that determination that the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Homeland Security made was very direct and very clear. And for the press not to give it the sustained attention that it deserved, and meanwhile continue to give great attention to the product of these uh, hackings, I think is something that uh, we all need to be concerned about and look back on and ask ourselves what we can learn from that. Russia tried and succeeded, many would say, to undermine our faith in our government process, our election, our systems, and our incoming president seems to be pretty pro-Russia. Do you feel like he has the ability or is equipped to deal with this like properly as president? Well, again, I'm not going to comment on the president-elect or how he's going to Mm. Governor, or, or, and frankly, we don't know. We all have, we're all in the same situation. We'll all wait and see. I do think that uh, the fact that Russia was doing what they were doing ought to concern all Americans. And I do not believe that it influenced the mechanics of the election. I think we're quite confident that people's votes were cast and recorded as they were meant to be. There was no physical manipulation of the outcome. But what's harder to measure is the extent to which it affected people's perceptions and judgments. Um, And I'm not in a position to uh, measure that. I don't think, frankly, anybody is. But it should not be a casual consideration that a foreign government, particularly a a largely adversarial government, um, attempted to have an influence. And I think that's something that, as President Obama has determined, we need to understand and share with Congress and ultimately share with the American people. And as he said also, and I agree with this, that it's not just what Russia or another foreign government might, might do to try to influence us is how we enable ourselves to be influenced. Mm-hmm. We've got to be a much more cohesive, resilient, unified body politic uh, to withstand the kinds of challenges that are coming at us from all kinds of international actors, whether it's terrorists, whether it's state actors, whether it's you know cyber criminals. Um, we have to know who we are and know what we believe. And I think one of the real issues that we're faced with is how we consume news, how the media is um, perceived, um, how fake news, which you referred to earlier, is um, gaining a degree of currency without criticism that uh, is dangerous in my judgment. Mm -hmm. And what it means at the end of the day is that all of us as citizens have to be consumers and judges. We can't let others judge information for us. It's not the day in which I grew up a long time ago <laughs> where we had three news networks, no cable, no social media, no internet, where what you see is what you got. We had basically straight journalism. Mm. We don't have that anymore. Uh, we have some straight journalism, but then we have opinion and uh, perspective. And we, 
I think a lot of people, especially young people, don't know how to tell the difference and aren't motivated to tell the difference. People are consuming the news that is comfortable for them. Mm not necessarily the news that is real or that they need to know. Mm -hmm. One of the things President Obama also said was that we'd retaliate. What, what could that even mean? We have a whole variety of tools um, to respond to governments uh, or other entities that we think have acted in a way that uh, violates our interests. And in the case of this, we have said from the beginning that we will respond in an appropriate manner at a time and in place of our choosing. And that some of what we do in response may not be visible uh, to the public in every instance. And so uh, I think the American people have to understand that uh, we take this seriously. We're gonna respond appropriately. Um, and just because you know something doesn't go bang doesn't mean that we haven't done what needs to be done. Mm. Um, I know that we're running out of time and we cannot let you go, I'm sorry to tell you, without talking at least a little bit about Syria. And for this next question, I'm going to read a little bit. In the 90s, you said, quote, I swore to myself that if I ever faced such a crisis again, like the Rwandan genocide, I would come down on the side of dramatic action, going down in flames if that's what was required. But you've also said that Rwanda and Syria are two very different situations and that the, quote, dramatic action wouldn't be appropriate in the case of Syria. What, in your eyes, would it have taken for Syria to become a Rwanda to the administration and actually follow through on the never again? Well, first of all, I think the equation needs to be dissected. Okay. Uh, Rwanda was a horrific, pre-planned, premeditated genocide uh, that occurred over 100 days, mm. uh, and, and up to one million people were killed, largely with machetes, house to house, mm -hmm. um, and it was shocking in its speed and its scope. And Rwanda at the time was a country of maybe seven million people, so imagine mm. the toll that that took. The world wasn't focused, and the genocide snuck up on most people, not everybody, but most people, and happened with lightning speed. And the international community was completely paralyzed in deciding how to respond. The United States had just um, literally seven days before the genocide occurred, removed the last of its American forces from Somalia. And so the last thing that was on the minds of members of Congress, the administration, the, press corps was a new intervention into a place even less known than Somalia to try to prevent a genocide that was happening literally house to house with machetes. And so I'm, I'm not making excuses for the United States or for the international community. Um, I saw firsthand the tragic results of our failure, mm -hmm. collective failure to act. Um, but that was very different from what's happened in Syria. Mm -hmm. Syria is a civil war. Syria began as a popular uprising, just like the other experiences in the Arab Spring, with a repressive government that responded by basically killing the protesters. And it's not a genocide, it's a war, and there's a difference. Genocide is a pre-planned attack on people because of who they are. Mm. This is an inter- uh, state conflict. So the definition of genocide has nothing to do with like the number no, of casualties? No, no, no. It it's not about number, it's about intent and okay. method. And uh, the question for the United States from the very beginning is what can we do about it in Syria? And should we intervene in the middle of a civil war, post-Iraq, post-Afghanistan, uh, in the Middle East? If we did, what would that involve? Would we uh, you know, try to put ground forces on the ground and separate folks? Would we fight Assad? Would we create a no-fly zone? Um, and I, I think, personally, the judgment that the president made that it is not in our national interest to become involved in another civil conflict in another Middle Eastern country with forces on the ground or even a, an air campaign 
made sense and mm -hmm. makes sense. What we have done is when the threat has been directed at the United States, i.e. the terrorist threat from ISIL mm. or, or Al-Qaeda in Syria, is to go after them. So it would and, take a, a threat against the United States for us to get involved well, in Syria? I, it, we have gotten involved in Syria to, or to defend sorry, our interests. Let me, let me, yeah, to to but, respond with that sort of dramatic action. I think that was the right choice. I think for us to have gotten in the middle of the Civil War, as brutal and painful and traumatic as it is, um, would have been a wrong choice. Now, history will debate that. There'll be some people who say we should have done it. Mm. Um, and maybe, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, uh, folks will come to a different conclusion. My own strong personal view is it was not in our interest to get involved in another complex civil conflict. It is in our interest to try to deal with the terrorist threat. It is in our interest to provide massive amounts of humanitarian assistance, and we're the, the by far the largest contributor of $5.5 billion. It was, I think, uh, arguably in our interest to support the opposition that was fighting Assad, but not to take that fight on ourselves. I will say that this is, the, in my opinion, the toughest policy issue I've ever seen. There are no easy answers. Uh, I don't profess that we've gotten every decision point on every decision tree right. But um, in the broadest sense, I don't think we should have intervened militarily against Assad. Pew pew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know about pew pew pew? Pew pew pew. So wait, wait, rapid fire. So how's yeah. that? So you want answers? Yeah. Okay. So as you know already, by shout out to whoever prompted you for this part. This is pew pew pew. <laughs> this is our rapid fire question finger segment. Finger guns. Finger guns. Um, quick, yes. quick, quick, fast, and in a hurry. What is your favorite cuss word? <laughs> we know you have one. We know you got one. Don't try to. <laughs> Don't lie. Is it the F word or you the S phone word? phone a friend? What I, What's happening? tell me. What do I use more? Let's take a poll. The Frank word. The Frank word. I don't know the Frank word. <laughs> I know the fuck word. Is that the word? <laughs> I, I'm not Blink repeating twice. that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> that's for the, that's, Blink twice. That's, yes. for, that's for six months from now. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Um, what are you reading right now? <laughs> My briefings. <laughs> uh, at least no. someone is. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I That was good, though. Um, that was really good. I read a ton of paper every day. Mm. Um, I, I read can the only newspapers. Imagine. I read my intelligence materials. I read all the briefing materials. Read I read the paper. Yes. I read the newspaper in hard copy. Okay. Is there any leisure reading you do? Like Yes. I do do leisure reading, but I don't get to do it like you know sure. at one in the morning uh -huh. uh, when I'm getting up at six in the morning. So uh -huh. I do most of my leisure reading on vacation and on airplanes mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. What's the last animated TV show you've watched as an adult? Animated TV show? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. I'd recommend like, I mean, you Burgers. Talk about, yeah, Wait, no, I'm Burgers not watching any wrong. TV shows. You don't frankly. watch any TV at all, at, like, ever? Here, okay, so truth be told, what I, we have time for this? Can, mm -hmm. It's not pew, pew, pew. <laughs> we got time if you got time. Let's take a little detour. Okay, so <laughs> I almost never watch TV. In this job, because mm -hmm. I just don't have time. So if I'm working out in the morning, I'm on the machine, I'm uh, reading the newspaper, I'm reading some briefing materials, I'm, I may well have, you know, on the TV, BBC News, Morning Joe, mm -hmm. depending on how aggravated I am by those people. <laughs> and so that's like maybe, a, you know, a, a finite period of time. Sure. If I am... I might watch football on the weekends okay. in the background. Uh, I might uh, have, you know, listen to Trevor Noah or something if I'm up late at night. Um, not that late, but, you know. <laughs> late I don't for, know. I'm 30s past my bedtime. <laughs> and I will Aww. sometimes uh, confess this. I do sometimes watch Rachel Maddow and some of the shows on MSNBC. Yeah, I do I'm surprised too. you watch cable news, I, to be honest. Uh, very selectively and only on occasion. And then the, the thing I don't watch real time, but I love to watch is like I'll binge on Scandal. Ooh. Uh, I'll watch like, you know, three to five episodes at a time. Mm -hmm. And then I won't watch again for three months. 
that's my kind of rhythm. Nice. Nice, healthy little bend. But, yeah, I, you know, I have great ambitions for when I get out of government. <laughs> I will watch a broader range of stuff. When you're done with the White House, where are you going on vacation? We know going, somewhere beachy, but I'm like, not telling you. Come on, we want to go too. <laughs> Hell, no, I'm going <laughs> far away to someplace. If I guess, someplace you really nice, Fiji's nice and not cheap. Fiji's not and cheap. not with y'all. Like Fiji. Oh, <laughs> you know what? She said y'all not invited. Well, let's move geez. on. <laughs> okay. Next um, question. <laughs> I am living for this blue eyeliner, the signature blue. Teach. Talk to I us. I would never. I don't, I, I don't think I, I have could. Never I would never like with think a colored to. eyeliner. What? I don't know. You know where, do. This is an interesting question. I don't know where the hell I got the blue eyeliner from, but I've been had it for thirty years. Really? Really? Yeah, and it's the same. It's Estee Lauder sapphire blue. Ooh. And I like it. And I don't know why. I'm just not. <laughs> I mean, ever it works. It, up. it draws. Is it okay? It draws attention it like specifically excellent. to you. But your does eyes. it look blue from where you are? As I'm, I put like, on this morning, I'm like it has fix like my makeup for you people. A hint of like navy. Like <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look navy. like elect. It's, it's navy. navy. It's navy. Damn. I like it. <laughs> I would never think to. I just. You know try, what? This is interesting. This I'm is like, a good topic. Nobody's ever asked me about this. We really? can talk about makeup for the rest of the day. I don't know. Makeup you want... is like, it's your armor. Yeah, that's what Audie Cornish told us. It's like her, her war paint. NPR. Her war paint. Isn't she that what said she said? Paint. Mm-hmm. Was there a point in your career where you had to make a conscious choice what you wanted your hairstyle to be? Nice. Tracy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I <laughs> get can excited. hear you. I'm you know what? You know, since I've had a career, my hair has been more or less, you know, professional. Mm-hmm. But professional is such a loaded word. I had an afro for a long time. Long. So you're permed right time. now. You relax right now. Yeah. Okay. You think you'll ever Will go you naturally here? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I had Afro, and I'll confess back because y'all are too young to know about this. I, I had a Jerry Afro. curl. Oh, I remember a Jerry curl. I, I don't know her. Come on now. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. It's terrible. On. You got to give me a little bit of credit. I know. I know. That was a long, long. It was, that long, long. It was, it was like thirty years ago. Yeah, eighties. Well, I'm about it. It adds up. So yeah. About thirty yeah. years ago, briefly. So you had a you had a Jerry briefly, curl, briefly, short, not oh like gross gosh. and not gross and juicy. Oh, man. Did you have <laughs> Did you have the bangs though? Did you have a Jerry no, curl? No, I didn't have any bangs. No, it's like a fro in a oh, Jerry okay. curl. Okay. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. <laughs> Imagine the bangs. I'm sorry. Are you Are you sure you won't send us like one picture? Hell, what if no. we promise not to share it with anybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if we don't work for the internet? So, <laughs> uh, basically, most days of the week, I pull it back because I don't have time and I can't be bothered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I don't have 15 extra minutes to curl my hair. Yeah, that's crazy. And some of the times when I have to show up late for Dennis's meetings because I had to curl my hair. Mm. I have more hair questions. I don't know how much time we have. Do you think you'll ever go natural again? You gonna bring the Afro back once you're at the White House and you're like, fuck it? No. No? I mean, I might find something else to do. Okay. But not the Afro. That's sort of really old school. It's like Angela Davis been had been. You know what I mean? I like Angela Davis. As yeah, well. yeah. It's fine, but it's kind of like nineteen seventies. <laughs> the seventies are back though. The seventies are back. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is drunk Ambassador Rice like? You will not meet drunk Ambassador Rice. That's why we're asking what she's like. No, I'm saying you're not gonna meet. <laughs> oh, does she not exist? She's not around. She doesn't exist. She ain't here with you. I- <laughs> In spite of my best efforts, <laughs> fair, fair. I'm not. I'm. I don't get drunk. I get uh, happy. I get a little happy if I on rare occasion, and I'm probably dancing if I'm that happy. Okay, okay. What's your go-to dance move? Do you have one? Body roll, butterfly, lift and slide. What are you doing down the soldier line? Yes. <laughs> I'm doing what I need to do. <laughs> you got a press briefing. But one here's the problem. Here's the honest, no kidding problem. My knees. Oh. My knees. Because I'm an athlete. But I'm not even an athlete and I struggle. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm an athlete and I'm twice your age. But, you know, if I go out and really throw down like my knees idiot. next day, it's got to ice them. I should ice them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
not smart enough to ice them, so I'm limping around. Well, speaking of knees and, and exercise and running. Speaking of knees? Speaking of knees. I'm listening. I'm working on my segues. I don't know how that's and, and Ned's giving you the high sign. So. I know. I see. So this is the perfect question to end on. Um, speaking of knees and running, um, are you planning on running for any offices Get in out. the future? Stop. Oh, I'm scared of you. I'm <laughs> going to a lifestyle question. Stay tuned. Okay. Stay tuned. I like that. Six months. We're going to talk about it in six months? Yes. No. <laughs> Brought it back. You see how you I guys, you guys, You guys are good. Can I just say y'all are good? Please say more about how Y'all good. are good. <laughs> I'm, listening. I'm listening. You're smart. You do your homework and you're fun to be with. So Aww, thank you. I appreciate that. We really and you know, these two guys will tell you, I don't give out compliments. I, you know, I, I, I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> No gratuitous. Cheers time. to that, no friends. Cheers. Thank cheers. you. Cheers. This was amazing. Cheers. Ambassador Rice, this has been a joy and a privilege. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So, so much. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Because you're on the. At on the Ambassador Twitter. Rice. Bam. Wait, we have three more, three more segments. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey heaven, what time is it? It's time to buy some rounds. Uh, it's time uh, to buy uh, some uh, rounds. Uh, what? Uh, uh. Ooh, all right, Piccolo. <laughs> is that what that is? I don't know. <laughs> it's a flute. It's a flute. Huh. I feel like that's more. You know what? I think it's a piccolo. I think you were right <laughs> in the beginning. So if you haven't noticed, I'm dealing with some snot today. Um, I have been dealing with snot for the past two days. And today I finally took some medicine. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was liquid. <laughs> I am a very tall five-year-old. I've just never <laughs> been able to deal with liquid medicine. Like it's the, it's the it's combination the of the yeah the sliminess and the texture and just like the thickness. The texture. Yeah, it's just like you it's like honey like though. Yeah, but I don't like eat it by the cupful. Like I don't just like <laughs> turn it up, you know. That's true. That's fair. Yeah, it's Ugh. just, and also the the taste is always bad, and it just like gets all like under your like all under your lips and stuff, and it's like just coats your gums, and you taste Jesus it forever. I know, I know. So <laughs> I say all that to say I am buying around for um, pill forms of liquid medicine. Okay, give me all gel the pills. or either. Anything? What I do have problems with though is like the little like candy coated Advil that's kind of like sweet oh, when it goes those. down. Ugh, I hate that the lingering sweetness. It tastes like something that's sweet because it's like started to rot to me, like Ooh. a sickening wow, sweetness. Wow, that's terrifying. I, I take those all the time. No, <laughs> I mean you know what? I'm glad that y'all are good together and happy. But uh, all of the gels, all of the capsules, don't bring me any more liquid medicine. Okay, respect. What or who was your round for? You know who I'd like to buy around for? Who? Tracy McGee. What? I know I just bought a round for you. What? I think you deserve another one. Oh my gosh, you are Y'all, the journey me. we have been on today <laughs> <laughs> feels miraculous. <laughs> like, I don't know how I you made it. I was like, she's not going to make it, y'all. She's got the Victorian fainting chair. <laughs> I don't know how this will end. Uh, I've been a walking fountain of mucus. Tracy, you are out here. I'll be trying. I'm really impressed. Thanks. I appreciate all of the rounds. Tracy, you deserve all the rounds of non-liquid medicine. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I will accept all of the non-liquid medicine rounds that you have. Heaven, we did it. Tracy, we made it. Hey. Never gets old. Never gets old. It shall never. Let's do the credits. I can go home and go to sleep for three days. <laughs> God bless your snot <laughs> and the journey it's been on. <laughs> Thank you to Ambassador Susan Rice for coming through, sipping some wine with us. Yeah, so classy. I think yes. she's the first one who has requested red wine. Yeah. We see you. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Poet Squad. Poet Squad. Burr, 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 burr. Mine is sick. Ooh. <laughs> I, I thought I had a little funk beat to it. Oh. <laughs> Got a tuba in the back. <laughs> I was feeling it. I don't know why that got me. <laughs> oh, this episode was produced by Julia Ferlin and Nina Paddock with editorial oversight from Eleanor Kagan and Meg Kramer and production support from Shakita Pascal. 
Shout out to our in-house musicians, Miss Jean Gray. You can follow her on Twitter at Jean Greasy and Don Will of Tanya Morgan. You can follow him online at Don Will. You can follow Heaven at Heaven Rants on Twitter. And you can follow me at Broken Poverty on Twitter. Holler at us. Talk to us on all the things. Email, Facebook, Twitter, Another Round on everything. Rate us on iTunes. Tell a friend. Subscribe to the newsletter because it's the bomb. Um, BuzzFeed.com slash Another Round slash newsletter. Drink some water, Tracy. I've been drinking water forever. Take your meds. I did most of that today. You did, you did good. But I'm trying to live. I'm trying to survive. <laughs> We're you know, trying to function. I'm trying to make it to Friday. That's and all the trying person. to do. Call your person. Yes, we're all just trying to make it to Friday. <sighs> all right. What did you do? What? <laughs> <laughs>